I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal. This is your Peak Daily for TGIF, November 18th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Okay, so Jay, for our fact of the day, Canadians have lost more, and I know this is going to be close to close to home for you, have lost more than $131 billion investing in cannabis companies. Now, I'd love to get a reaction from the Peak Daily's cannabis expert, Jay Rosenthal. Not only do I fit that category, but I'm actually on the trade show floor of the world's largest cannabis industry show. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money in an industry that I have a lot of heart for, but it's been a rough go as of late. What about your reaction? You used to work in the sector. Well, as a victim, as a victim of that number, Jay, I don't feel great about it. Better than FTX at this point. You know what, though? That is true. I, I made a better, if I was going to go to zero, in many cases, I was able to take some money out. So that's great. But yeah, still not good. I, I think there's a lot of lessons. Maybe we should just do one long podcast sometime, Jay. Where we just talk <laughs> about what happened with Canadian cannabis because there really is just a ton of content there. It's how I spend a lot of my time talking about that exact thing, Brett. So I'm happy to do it anytime, Brett. Aside from comparing cannabis losses to FTX losses, what do we have for Peak Bells today? Well, for our first story, speaking of FTX, FTX is worse than even you can imagine. For our second story, OPEC for nickel. And for our last story, Canadian grain issues. For our first story, according to a guy that's seen the darkest side of the corporate world, the fallen crypto exchange FTX is the worst of it all. Brett, is this serious? Yeah, well, it's very serious. So John Marie III is an insolvency expert who oversaw the liquidation of energy giant Enron and Canadian telecommunications hardware maker Nortel. And he was appointed as the new CEO of FTX. He wrote that the company was the worst case of corporate failure that he had seen in his over 40-year career in a filing. He also wrote, from compromised systems integrity and faulty regulatory oversight abroad, the concentration of control in the hands of a very small group of inexperienced, unsophisticated, and potentially compromised individuals, this situation is unprecedented. Now, if you're one of our many listeners who are invested in digital assets, Sam Bankman-Fried triggered a dark awakening that really you should heed notice over. They're calling it, quote unquote, the darkest in the history of cryptocurrency, according to Bloomberg, with billions and billions of dollars of cryptocurrencies flowing out of the market. And this all matters because the collapse of SBF's crypto empire has exposed the industry's poor credit practices and sent shockwaves to the digital asset ecosystem. But the full extent of the fallout is yet to come. Coinbase's CFO, Alessia Haas, told the Wall Street Journal. For our second story, last month, Indonesia floated the idea of a so-called OPEC for nickel. Now it's shopping around for partners to make the dream a reality. At the top of the list, Canada. Now, Jay, is this like Canada-Indonesia collab that we've all been waiting for? Yeah, I've just been really waiting with bated breath. Indonesia met with Canada at the G20 summit to discuss forming a cartel of nickel-rich countries that would control global nickel production and set market prices. It's about time we got involved in our cartel, in a cartel, Jay. Now, Indonesia is the world's largest nickel producer with a quarter of the world's reserves, while Canada sits in sixth place. Fifth place, Australia, they were also approached, but it looks like they're kind of focusing on us. Okay, and here's why it would work. OPEC nations control about 50% of oil supplies and 90% of reserves. By regulating how much oil it sends out to the world, it's able, to an extent, control prices. Now, as demand increases amidst the global EV push, Canada is striving to play a role in shaping how the nickel mining industry operates while also positioning itself to reap the full economic benefits of its own supply. A cartel is one potential way to do just that. 
Though nickel is at its highest price in over six months right now, the stability of that comes from price control is very attractive given how volatile the market has been. Next, the government's critical mineral strategy is due to be published by year's end and could give us a clearer idea of how seriously Canada will take Indonesia's proposal. For our third story, you probably know that it rains a lot in Vancouver. What you might not know is that Canada's grain supply chain essentially comes to a screeching halt every time the skies open up there. Yeah, so Jay, driving the news here is that most grain terminals in Vancouver don't load grain when it's raining. Now, it's a practice exporters, railways, and shippers say causes needless costs and eats into profit. Vancouver is home to Canada's largest port, which handles a substantial amount of Canada's grain exports, moving over 5.2 million tons of the stuff in 2020. It rains on average 165 days a year in Vancouver. Pretty depressing, Jay. But between all these rainy days, P&H, one of Canada's largest grain exporters, estimates it loses 30 to 40 days worth of productivity. One week this past October, it rained almost every day, forcing CN Rail to stop sending grain cars altogether as terminals were full because they couldn't unload. Now to get you caught up, grain that's being transported can't get wet or else it will rot on the way to destination. This makes loading grain in the rain cumbersome, though far from impossible. Loading grain in the rain is a pretty good rhyme, Brett. In 2005, Transport Canada ruled that the method exporters used to load grain in the rain was unsafe. In the 17 years since, exporters and workers have failed to reach an agreement on a new way to actually do things. And this all matters because this year has been a huge rebound year for Canadian grain harvest. With self-inflicted supply chain snarls in place, Canadian farmers can't fully reap the benefits of their strong crops, and Canadian grain is having a harder time helping out in global shortages. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. Thank you, Brett. And Brett, have a great weekend. You too, Jay.